Welcome to Feel, Pray, Love, a podcast devoted to bravely looking beneath the surface of ourselves and the world around us. This is a place where emotions are valued messengers, where life never happens on accident, and where every single part of you is welcomed. Thank you for being exactly who you are and for showing up here today. My name is Nikki Sunshine, your host. Take my hand. And together, we will rise in love. Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode 61 of what used to be known as the Relationship Badass Podcast. That's right, you heard that correctly. Nikki used to be known, what do you mean? Well, perhaps you noticed when you came here on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're coming from, that there's a new name associated with this podcast, and that is Feel, Pray, Love. Ooh-hoo! I'm so excited about this, y'all. As longtime listeners know, I have been on a hiatus from making podcasts for over six months now, and... I was also on a break from social media and really my entire coaching business in general. Um, That break was a guided break, a message I received from my higher self, my guides, to just sit back, take a break, and allow the healing to occur and allow the inspiration to arrive. And so... I patiently awaited and just really sunk into my life here in Bali, enjoying every waterfall and rice field and jungle hike. And it was only recently that the download came. And so here we are with what's now known as the Feel, Pray, Love podcast. Mm. This podcast, similarly to Relationship Badass podcast, is a show that is devoted to going deep, to looking beyond the surface, going beyond the surface into the depths of ourselves and the world around us, not always believing what we see, think, or hear, but always curiously inquiring, hmm, what's underneath that? What could that mean? So if you like to go deep, if you like to explore the realms of life itself, then you're in the right place, my sister, my brother. My name is Nikki Sunshine. I am your honored and humbled host. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your precious time to sit and listen to me and have this podcast in your ear. I sure hope it serves you. So folks, on today's episode, I will be sharing a little recording I made not too long ago. Uh, I was just feeling a lot of the end of the year reflections and uh, this just kind of poured through me. I was speaking to why I am so fucking grateful for this year and why this year was the biggest blessing in all of the heartache and the uncertainty and the death and the transitions that occurred, I am truly so grateful. And this year to me feels like what I've been waiting for my whole goddamn life, let me tell you that. So that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. This episode is called A Pandemic of Purpose and Possibility. So get cozy. Uh, If you're driving a car, don't get too cozy now. Keep your eyes on the road. And just... Here's my invitation is to open your heart, open your mind, sit back, and receive what wants to be received from this transmission. Disclaimer, you may feel inspired, you may feel triggered, you may feel energized, you may feel resonance, and the invitation here is no matter what you feel, always on this show, or if you're working with me or in relationship with me, I invite you to use whatever comes up as an opportunity to get curious and say, hmm, okay, 
I notice I want to fucking punch Nikki with a brick right now. Okay, what? where's this feeling coming from? Where do I feel it in my body? Hmm, is this familiar? Have I felt this before? What's going on with this feeling? Why do I want to punch Nikki with a brick? Because guess what, honey? All of you is welcome here. Yes, that means even the part of you that wants to punch me in the face with a brick, okay? So sit down, get cozy. Open that heart of yours just a little bit more than it was one moment ago. And I hope that this message serves you. Thank you so much for being here. I love you, boo. Enjoy. Here we are. It is December of 2020. This wild and unexpected and uncertain year that will surely go down in history for the rest of our lives. Our species, as long as any of us living has been alive, has never experienced anything like this. And as this year nears to an end, it felt like the perfect time for me to come back here on this platform, on this podcast, and share and storytell and drop in with all of you listening. So thank you so much for your presence, your ears, your heart on this day. And I hope that what I have to share may be a seed of inspiration or nourishment or greater understanding or compassion or love planted in the soul of your very being. (sighs) When I feel into 2020 as a whole, I really feel this year in my body. I feel expansion. I feel opportunity nestled beneath the surface. I feel joy. And when the original shock of this year sent waves through the entire world. I had found myself just arriving in a brand new foreign country for the first time, traveling by myself with a backpack. I found myself in a position where In the midst of such uncertainty, I had no comfort or community or familiarity to lean on. And even through that moment, that sensation of discomfort, I knew right away that this too is here in service because this too is here. And this is a philosophy I've learned to live my life by. Some of you have heard me talk about surrendered based trust, which is not trusting in a person or trusting in a specific event or experience, but a deep, unwavering trust in life itself. And I have been practicing surrendered-based trust in my life for many years at this point. So when the world was shook with uncertainty and fear and lockdowns, I knew in that moment that I could trust this. 
I knew that the earth was sending a message and that those of us that were willing to lean in and open our hearts and minds and listen, those of us who would take this opportunity to slow down, to turn our gaze inward and to curiously contemplate what's going on inside this heart of mine, this body of mine. Those of us who would relax and surrender to the various waves, the waves of job loss, relationship turmoil, absence of social life, mask wearing, halt of traveling, all these conditions that fell into place. Those of us who would learn to just lean in and surrender to those changes would find the blessing. So I really feel in my heart that this year has been a blessing. And, you know, there was this deep part in my soul that when all of this happened, this part deep inside me said, aha, this is what I've been waiting for. This is why I came here to earth for this. For the reconstruction, so to speak, of life on earth. I do believe that often, if not always, it is the case that it is through the destruction and the pain and the tearing down of what once was that something magnificent can be born, just like the lotus flower blooming <clears throat> with vibrancy and absolute beauty through the muckiest, thickest mud. If you think about that journey that the lotus has before it gets to reveal its glory and beauty to the world and rest in the bask of the sunshine, before the lotus flower does that, it's pushing its way slowly up through the mud, encountering pebbles and bugs and all sorts of obstructions. That lotus doesn't know where it's going to end up, but it just keeps going and trusting that journey through the mud. I remember back in March, April, when there was a very heavy energy of fear in the world. I was in Bali, I still am, and because tourism came to a screeching halt on this island, most people were immediately affected financially, economically, and there was a, a just very potent fear in the air. You could feel it. You could taste it. And then I would connect with friends back in America on Zoom or online, and they were in lockdown, many of them stuck in their small apartments, many of them also losing work, losing income, worried about the future. And again, I could feel that heaviness, that fear. And I remember feeling all that fear and thinking, no, I won't let this fear take over me. I am choosing to trust this experience. 
so I started looking online and I was specifically looking for positive impacts of COVID-19. <laughs> I remember Googling that. Positive impacts of Google-19. And I read that for the first time in decades, the canals in Italy were cleared of trash and debris and oil, and the dolphins had returned. I read that in Hong Kong, China, the smog that sat above the city for decades, a gray, thick smog caused by all of the factories in constant motion had cleared. And you could see blue skies from Hong Kong and the birds were singing again. I read about stories of people who were leaving flyers at the doors of their community members, neighbors that they'd never met in their five or 10 years living on that street, offering assistance for those who were alone or sick or elderly, offering a phone number for connection or grocery delivery service, out of the kindness of their hearts. And still to this day, I think, wow, this is the truth. It required a worldwide pandemic and lockdown and a thick layer of fear in the air in order for us as humanity, many of us, to finally reach out to our neighbor and say, hello, I'm here for you. It required a worldwide pandemic in order for us as a species, as a planet, to allow the canals to clear up the point where the beautiful dolphins could return. It required a worldwide pandemic for us to consider, hmm, how many planes do we have flying every day? And what kind of toxicity is that adding to our air and our planet? It required a worldwide pandemic for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to go out and buy their very first pot of soil and seeds for the very first time in their lives, put their hands in the dirt, connecting to the earth through our food. <sighs> hmm. It required a worldwide pandemic for many people to look at the robotic, repetitive lives that they somehow found themselves in. Living in the city, never seeing the sunshine, running on the hamster wheel, into the office every day at 6 a.m., out of the office at 10 p.m. This is what was required for many people to look and say, you know, do I even want to live that life? I've actually enjoyed working remotely. I've enjoyed traveling around and seeing some of the parks and nature that this planet has to offer. So many positive things have come from this experience. And of course, in the same breath, many people have died. And that fear of death, that tendency to avoid death at all costs because we feel like death is an end point, 
that is what has driven a lot of the anxiety and fear that you can feel in the planet right now. Nobody wants to die. And so we've declared war against a virus. And the results of that declaration have been more disconnecting, heartbreaking, and problematic than the virus itself. (sighs) You know, living in the East side of the world now for almost a year has really showed me something magnificent. So let me back up just a moment here. Many of you know this story, but many of you don't. In 2016, my mom died. Now, she was found on the floor of her apartment. I got a call, and I immediately flew home from Colorado, where I was living, back to Wisconsin. And for the next nine days, I sat by her bedside with my two sisters, praying that she would come back. On the ninth day, they took her off of life support. And she didn't die right away. In fact, she actually stayed alive longer than expected. Never conscious, just in rest. And there was a moment where both my sisters had left the room just for a brief period of time. And I was sitting next to my mother and holding her. I had her wrapped in this scarf of mine. Um, It's actually here with me today. And as I was holding her, all of a sudden, she began choking, gasping for air. Her eyes started shuddering, shaking, moving around, and I knew that she was dying. And I held my mother in my hands and I looked her in the eyes as she breathed her final breath. And that experience was one that changed my life forever because I had this intimate experience with death. And I could see in that moment that when her body died, her soul did not. All of a sudden, I could see it so clearly. I knew in that moment that her soul had just moved, transformed. And since my mom has died, I've been fortunate enough to have a profoundly, deeply connected relationship with her spirit, who is often with me, who talks to me, who sends me messages. So I know that death is not an end point, but simply a transformation point. And when I came to Bali, I found that this is a culture that also recognizes that. When an elder in the family dies here, they have a tradition. The elder is almost always, if not always, living with their children and their grandchildren in the same home. And when the person dies, the men put on their ceremony gear and they stand outside the house to protect. And the women and the children, young children, two, three, four years old, they undress the body And they bathe the body and prepare it for the cremation. So in this way, children are deeply acquainted with death at a very young age. And when people ask me here about my parents, oh, where do your parents live? And I say, oh, both my parents are dead. They say, oh, okay. 
It's a very calm reaction compared to what I normally experience in the West, which is, you know, if that if that topic comes up about both my parents dying, usually the person who asks will get very uncomfortable. Oh, ah, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to ask. It's not because there's anything wrong with them, but that's the level of separation and misunderstanding that we as a culture in the West have generally. So what happens when one understands that death is just a transition? It's the last page of a chapter and the first page of a new chapter. Then the fear of death goes away. There's nothing to fear. When someone dies, I may feel pain. And now I realize that that pain is just me missing them here on earth. But I no longer feel that deep remorse because their life has ended, because they're now done because I know that's not true. So I share this with you to honor all of those who have died this year with love, with reverence, with gratitude for their souls coming to earth during this time. And to recognize that they are in a new chapter now. It is okay to die. (sighs) And what hurts me more than anything is to think of those who have died this year in hospitals where they weren't allowed to have visitors because of the quarantine, social distancing rules. And the nurses were wearing plastic masks over their faces and gloves and weren't allowed to touch those who were dying. And those people died with no community and no physical touch in their final moments. And that hurts me more than anything. And it really has given me a lot to look at. Like, okay, here we are. We're all in fear about this virus. Everyone's scared. So we wear our masks and we keep our six feet apart. We don't go see our loved ones or our elders or our grandparents because at any and all costs, we want to avoid this virus and potential death. And the cost of that is people are living their final days without the connection they yearn for from their loved ones. People now feel more alone and isolated than ever. And, you know, it's a really interesting example of the human condition in a lot of ways because here we have this virus that is going in everyone's body almost and most people are unaffected many are unaffected but many are affected and instead of looking at okay why are certain people affected okay look at their immune systems look at their lifestyles okay how is this the exposure to this virus affecting them differently with someone with this kind of lifestyle how can we as a species learn to slow down 
and reconnect and live in harmony in such a way that there is no concern about this virus. But instead, what I see is the Band-Aid solution. Let's put on our masks, let's keep away from each other, let's stay inside the house, and hopefully this virus will move through and not touch us. And that in itself is a grand opportunity. A grand opportunity to really consider on an individual level for each of us how are we living our lives? How are we, each and every one of us, really standing in what we believe in? How are we using our purchasing power, our dollar, our actions, the way we spend our time, our energy, to vote for what we believe in? You know, it's like, and to be clear, I'm calling myself out here because before I moved to Bali a year ago, this was me. Someone who is fully against abusive child labor laws that put children into ridiculous work environments and long hours and pay them minuscule wages in order to have things made at a cheaper price. Every cell in my body is against that. What I'm for is valuing people for the energy and love they put into creating something. That's what I'm for. And yet, I would regularly find myself at the Walmart trying to find the cheapest kitchenware or the cheapest clothing because Walmart had the best deals. But at what cost am I supporting this corporation at the cost of children being abused through labor laws that are created in the pursuit of greater profit. So this is just an example of, from my own life where I'm not living in alignment with the truth that my soul sings. I see this a lot with people who know the importance of slowing down and taking time in nature and taking time for themselves. They talk about it. They know this is important. And yet, they stay enslaved to that job that works them mad because, well, I have to pay my bills, so I have to keep this job. And nestled in that is a fear, a belief that if I let go of this, I'm not going to have anything to support me. I'm not supported. The universe does not support me. I have to sell my soul in this way in order to be okay. And so one of the big invitations and purposes I see of this pandemic <clears throat> is to invite us all to reflect and say, how am I not living fully in the truth of my heart? Where could I be more authentic more aligned with what I really believe in. <sighs> Another thing that happened this year that I feel is absolutely magnificent is that <clears throat> circumstances led to a lot of pain. 
People lost jobs. People lost loved ones. People lost their homes. The air was riddled with uncertainty. Comfort and familiarity were lost for many. And there was this change happening and nobody really had a choice. A lot of that is painful to really face. And on top of all of that, all of our distractions were taken away. The social life, the ability to just go over to a friend's house or go to a football game or go to a concert and kind of brush that pain down underneath the rug, beneath the surface and feel okay in the midst of others, in the midst of distractions. That was taken away. And so there was this beautiful opportunity for those who chose to lean in to really be with their pain. And the magic is that usually if something happens and it causes me pain and I choose to lean in and really be present with and feel that pain, any other repressed pain that has been buried in my body will begin to surface. And those courageous souls who know that through feeling and touching our pain, it can begin to dissolve, transform, and move. Because an emotion is just energy in motion. And when we push emotions down, they get stuck. They create an energetic block. And it is through leaning in, opening, and allowing those motions to be felt. Staying present with that discomfort, with that pain. That these energy blocks begin to dissolve. And we can literally transmute our pain into joy our heaviness into lightness. This is what I call emotional alchemy. And so, if you're like me, you saw this invitation, this big, beautiful purpose nestled in this time of quiet, in this time of stillness, that this year presented with the lockdowns and such. And if you're like me, you leaned in. And you let yourself feel the pain. Man, I remember moments, so many moments. When I arrived in Bali, I was fresh, just six weeks out of a very, very unexpected, sudden, and painful heartbreak. And here I am in this country, alone, with no community, no distractions, nothing comfortable or familiar. And I just remember moments on the floor of my little hut in the rice fields where I lived for three months by myself. Just bellowing, just like feeling so much pain in my body. And I'd be crying and I'd be feeling the pain and I'm feeling the pain and now there's sadness and now there's tears and now there's anger and now I'm crying again and now I'm laughing and now I'm still again and now I'm crying and just really allowing myself to move through whatever arises in the moment. And what I found is that when I allowed myself to 
be with everything that came up. Eventually, I would feel lighter. I would feel open. I would feel inspired. And it was through this willingness to be with my pain and lean into the discomfort and say with a curious eye, okay, what is he, what's here for me? There's something in this experience. And it's from that place that I would really started to become inspired. Inspired to write. Inspired to start a nonprofit organization out here in Bali that is now focused on bringing an education that can really make a difference on this planet to get to the children of Bali. I felt inspired to dance. I felt inspired to create this podcast. All this inspiration started to come through of, okay, this has happened. Now, what can be created in this world that will actually serve the planet and all of the beautiful beings of this planet as a whole? What can I create that will serve the world? So this is the beautiful possibility. That exists from this experience. There's so many possibilities and opportunities for us to rise up in deeper love, deeper connection, more authenticity, more vulnerable, leading with our hearts on this planet, loving the earth, being custodians of this earth, looking at the systems in our life that have not been working even before this year, not with a critical eye to say, oh, bad humanity, you've polluted the oceans, you've let the dollar create corruption, you've abused your children and your women and your men, you've used your most powerful vote, which is your spending capacity to support big corporations in order to save a couple bucks. It's not I don't mean to look at ourselves with critical eyes and shame us, but rather say, okay, this year has been the opportunity for a wake-up call. Let us not just do the bare minimum. Okay, what do we need to do? Where these masks, what do we need to do in order to make things go back to normal? People, the way we were living was not normal. It was not fucking normal. It was fucked up. Of course, the earth still expresses herself with such beauty. We're still blessed to have a sunrise each morning. Flowers in blossom every spring. And yet, this year has brought to the surface so many systems and laws and rules and ways of living that were in play that were just not positive, not in alignment, in harmony with this planet. So that is what I feel is the opportunity, one of the many opportunities that have been nestled in this year, one of the many possibilities 
that lay in front of us now is okay. Each of us can ask ourselves. It's not about pointing the finger and blaming the system or the government or your parents or your partner or your boss. Because again, blame is just a means of displacing the pain. It's taking the pain off of me and putting it onto you. I notice something I'm not happy with and I feel the pain boiling up inside of me. And then, oh, it's so uncomfortable. I don't want to feel this. And so I say, the government, the government's the reason it's like this. Ah, For a moment, I feel relief and I don't have to feel pain. But the truth is that we are all responsible for this planet. Every single decision we each make in everyday life matters. So what a beautiful opportunity, not for us to point the finger outside of ourselves and to cast blame, but rather to curiously look within and say, okay, how can I show up in this world every day in greater integrity, more deeply rooted in my truth? How can I lead with love in every moment? What would it take for me to really trust my heart as the guide instead of my mind and my false beliefs and my conditioned programming? I really believe this year and everything that's happened has been a true blessing. I'm so grateful for every moment of pain and discomfort, just as I'm grateful for every moment of joy, love, happiness. <laughs> And I feel so curious to see how humanity chooses to rise or to cower in response to this very, very profound message from our planet, from our guides, from our creator. Hmm. And this feels complete. So thank you so much for keeping your heart open and listening to my experience of this wild year. Sending you many blessings wherever you are. All right, my darlings, if you are still here listening, well, then I hope that this episode was of service to you. Did you learn something? Did you get inspired? Do you feel frustrated or triggered? How does your body feel? How does your heart feel after listening to that? I invite you to just take a moment, pause this recording and just do a little internal scan get a little view of the landscape inside yourself what's going on in there what do you feel where do you feel it just bring some awareness to your own body your own heart and its response to what you just received and I thank you so much for bearing witness to this tender soft uh, transmission that came through me and what a way to kick off this new podcast feel pray love we've got a lot of juicy things coming your way let me tell you after six months off the gram and the podcasting world 
the downloads are potent and there's a lot to share here. So I'm so excited to keep coming back here every week to share with you. A couple more things before you go. If you love the episode, go ahead and share it with your friends, share it on social media, write me a message and let me know how it impacted you. You can send me an email at relationshipbadass at gmail.com. Not for long, but that is still the email. Or you can head on over to Instagram where I'll be hanging out. My new handle on Instagram is at heartwombhealing. That's H-E-A-R-T-W-O-M-B-H-E-A-L-I-N-G, heartwombhealing on Instagram. You can send me a little message, a little voice message. Let me know how this show has impacted you. If you'd like to learn more about the non-government organization I co-founded here in Bali, please click the link in the show notes. Head on over to feedthepeoplebali.com and you can learn all about it, how it started, our greater vision, the team. Beautiful website. Shout out to my sister, Callan, for making that for us. And finally, I have a gift for you because giving is receiving and the greatest joy I get in the world is when I give and share. So I have been recording a number of guided meditations over these last few months because meditation has become such a crucial and imperative part of my daily practice. So I recorded one recently. That is the meditation I walk myself through every morning. I call it grounding and expanding meditation. Through this meditation, I connect more deeply to the earth through my root. I connect through my crown to source God, the universe. And then I rest in the space of my heart where those two channels meet, the mother and the father, the earth and the sky, in the center chakra, the heart chakra. And from there, I allow myself to feel and move anything that's blocking that channel. This meditation helps me feel clear, grounded, expansive, open as I go about my day. So I hope it'll do the same for you. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes and it'll take you to the page where you can get that download for free, honey. My gift to you. Okay. Thank you so very much for being here. And I really just love you. Yes, you, this beautiful, gleaming soul inside a human body. Mm, You are so special. Thank you for incarnating on Earth at this time. I will catch you in the next episode.